In this episode of the Raising the Vibration podcast, I talk with Rich from Audio Jack about his journey from being an extremely unhealthy touring DJ to a health conscious, more grounded runner. Rich discusses what his lifestyle was like prior to him embarking on his run journey. My drinking got quite heavy, you know, smoking 20 a day, partying, going out on a Friday night, coming back on a Sunday night. The beautiful side of being alone in the elements. Oh, like my, my favourite runs really are like the depths of winter, sideways rain, smashing you in the face, no other humans in sight anywhere, you know, maybe like 6am, just one lone person walking their dog. How running works as a healthy release. And for me, I often describe running as the best type of self-harm I have available. Rich's attitude to the challenges running can bring. I don't necessarily see running as being a challenge so much as life is the challenge. Rich explains his attitude on trying to beat times. These things are essentially ego trips. And any ego trip, the joy of it is short-lived. And the advice Rich would give to any beginner runner. Run slower, to, to run fast, you have to run far, and to run far, you have to run slow. Okay, I'd like to start by acknowledging that we are broadcasting this podcast from the lands of the Wurundjeri people, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay respect to elders, both past and present, of the Kulin Nation, and extend that respect to all their Indigenous Australians listening in. My next guest is an absolute fan favourite down, down here in Australia. One half of the legendary Audio Jack, who are not only incredibly respected DJs, but two of the thickest thieves crew's most beloved artists. So much so that I can drop a bombshell today that we are releasing a record from you boys on our thickest thieves label pretty soon. Rich, how the hell are you, bro? Good, Mike. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. What's happening? Yeah, um, what is happening at the moment? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, at the moment I'm recovering from. Uh, I did the Manchester Marathon two weekends yeah. ago, so um, I'm uh, resting quite a bit at the moment and um, eating lots of food, eating so much food. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I've actually just read, just come off the back. I did a 72 hour fast at the weekend. Yeah, Was it yeah, good? just water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do. I normally fast quite regularly, but um. Because I've been running every day, I can't train fasted, so I haven't done a fast for like two months. So I've got a slight injury at the minute that's kept me off my feet for a couple of weeks. So I just decided to throw in a 72-hour fast, and I've literally been eating since I broke the fast last night. I've, I've kind of, I've not really got into fasting yet per se, but like I've got a little, I've got a daughter who's four, so we have our, we have like family dinner at like five, five thirty, and then I try not to eat until like eight nine the next morning that's great kind of man like a, a, a sort of long stint every day yeah good man good good hey before before we get into like obviously we're gonna like talk a lot about running and stuff today because that's something me and you have in common but i just thought how's everything going for you guys at the minute like how's your how's your year been um how have you guys got through the last you know 18 months what what changes yeah. have you made yeah i mean we've not done many gigs in the last couple of years and we thought to be honest, it's not it's not been as bad as we thought it would. Like we sell our records so well. Um, there's, there's 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 like you know publishing money. There's um, there's you know there's there's lots of little little bits that come in that um, that sort of keep you ticking over. And um, yeah, we've been um, we've been let's say we've been adapting. Yeah, yeah, great stuff, yeah, man. And you, you guys are just were you, were you in the US for a tour there? 
next month. Next, next month. month, right. End of the year, we go to the States. Yeah. And bring all good with visas and stuff, because I've heard a lot of artists are having an absolute nightmare getting visas from the US at the moment. Yeah, we did have one. We did have a bit of a nightmare. We had to cancel some gigs um, a couple of months ago, but um, well, postpone them to later this year and next year. But um, yeah, we're back on now. We've got our visa ready to roll. So nice, nice. To it. How, how are you feeling about traveling again? Uh, I don't know. Um, all right, I think. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I don't know is the honest answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good that you don't know, at least. To see. It's been a while since I've done it. I mean, like, it's weird how you get used to not traveling. And then, like, you know, the other week I had to go to London, and I was like, ooh, London, that's so far. <laughs> I've got to go on a train. Yeah. How am I going to yeah. do it? And I was like, oh, my God, you, you, like, you, you, you get a grip, man. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I interviewed Simon from Anthem um, on, on, like, it was two podcasts ago, and he was saying that, like, coming out of, you know, coming out of COVID, a lot of the artists were like, yeah, we're only going to do one or two gigs a week and we're going to make sure we sleep well and we're not going to put us through this hamster wheel. And he's like eight weeks into touring again, just everybody's at after parties till eight in the morning. They're all like, <laughs> you know, four gigs a weekend, waking up at like seven o'clock in the morning, having to rush out to get a flight somewhere else, you know, it was just straight back on yeah. it. Yeah, I've... Um... I think I'm out of that now. I mean, like, it's been a few years since I was, um, since that was my sort of um, lifestyle. But yeah, I mean, you don't know. We're creatures of habit, aren't we? It's easy to fall yeah. back into those. Uh, yeah, those yeah. I, I, I've, I've definitely, Rich, made a decision that I'm changing a lot of things, like just in regard to probably health and lifestyle over coming out of COVID, because you know the the pace that I was running at was just not sustainable and. You know, yeah. doing like shitloads of tours and shows and stuff, and it's just made me really look back and go on like, who am I interested in touring? Like, am mm. I genuinely interested in their music? Am I? Do I connect with them on a human level? And if they don't pass those two tests, and you know, I'm just gonna pull back because you can time is something that we're never gonna get back, and you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna spend my time now doing stuff that I don't wanna do. Absolutely, man. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your um? How's your um? How's the diary looking, man? Have you got many gigs planned for the next while? Yeah, we've got um. We've got some, later in the year. We're quite busy. We've got uh, uh, some in Germany, some in the states, Canada, Mexico. A lot yeah. in the states, actually. America's um, kind of where it's at at the moment. I think America's one hundred percent where it's at. I've kind of heard um mixed reports about the UK actually mate because a few of the agents I've spoken to have said to me there's this perception that the UK is like absolutely firing from the outside because people are seeing social media footage of like park life and creamfields and coxie playing these massive stages and all this kind of stuff but they said like that's actually not what it's like the the clubs are struggling and a lot of the yeah. mid and lower tier stuff a lot of stuff's getting cancelled because of poor ticket sales they feel people's behavioral patterns might have changed a bit where they might not want to be in crowds just yet until this thing's totally eliminated and yeah yeah maybe maybe i mean i don't really know like i'm i've, I've taken the last two years opportunity to be more of a hermit and get on with my running i love cooking i love running i love um like going to bed early yeah yeah <laughs> um you know like I, I and i've just opted out of 
even like, I don't I don't use social media like I, I, yeah. honestly like I don't know anything about it what a great way to live you know it's like, <laughs> well for now yeah 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 totally I'm get, I guess you'll have to get back on it but how, how have you um how have you guys found uh this is an art uh, a question asked nearly all artists have you found it a challenge to I guess stay relevant for bookings you know while this has been going on or have you made an effort or have, have you basically let the music do the talking yeah I mean with us I think you know we usually try to just let the music do the talking yeah um we we, we never been, we've never really been that comfortable you know being sort of like social media showman if you like yeah yeah uh, we're getting older um you know uh we're not sort of pinups <laughs> um <laughs> man stop selling you know, yourself short <laughs> we just let the music try and let the music do the talking the same when we're playing really you know? yeah amazing bro good stuff and um have you been, so have you done a lot of running over the last eighteen months? Yes, I have. I've been I've been running pretty consistently um, every week. Sort of trying to do three, four, five runs a week. Great. How's your um? How's your? Tell me about your marathon. How was it? <laughs> okay, so um, it was my second marathon. Yeah. Um. And it was tough. It was really tough. Um, I didn't really properly train for it. Um, how, how I came out around the map, this, I'll tell you how not to do a marathon strategy. It's basically exactly <laughs> what, how, I did this, how I did this. But, but, <laughs> so, three, months ago, three months ago, other summer, I did a few little races, a few 10Ks, a few half yeah. marathons. And one of them, the last half marathon I did in, I think, June, was the uh, Leeds Half Marathon, which is really hilly. Um, I'm not used to hills. I live in York, where it's all flat. Um, so it was a bit of a shock. And I was really surprised when I finished in 1 hour 28 on a hilly half. That's, that's such a killer pace, mate. That's unbelievable. Right, so for, for me, I was just like quite, I was quite surprised. And then, you know, normally my running like these days, there's no ego in it. I don't run for time. I don't run for anyone. I just run for, for me, for my, for my body and Enjoyment. my mind. Get out in the countryside to enjoy it. If anything, I mean, I, I never look at my times when I'm running. I'll occasionally glance down at my heart rate to see if my sort of effort feels like it looks like. But yeah. other than that, I'm just get, getting in there with my breath and enjoying being out and about. So as soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw the 128 leads half, all of a sudden... Um, the, the, the ego runner comes from nowhere and he's like, oh, 128 half. Well, two half marathons. Maybe I could go sub 315. Maybe I could go sub 310. And then the other voice comes in going, maybe you could go sub three. And, it's, and they're like, right, okay, so how am I going to do a sub three? I've got marathon training books upstairs. Really, really good marathon training books. Didn't bother looking at them. Just went, just went yeah, well, you know, maybe if, if I just set off at sort of, 415 per kilometer pace and just try and hang on for 42 kilometers that is not how to do a marathon anyone listening to this is doing quickest thieves don't do that don't do that strategy read the book follow the book uh listen to mike mike will tell you how to do the marathon. <laughs> don't do that definitely don't do that so what happened is uh, i went out the first 10k which is through the city i went out uh, i did the first 10k in 4150 um so it's like I think it's about 413 per kilometer pace, something like that. Brutal. Um, 
Brutal. My my, yeah. my 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 PB for 10K is like 40, 38. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, mine's just, yeah, sim, sim, similar to mine. So too fast for, for where I was where I was going in that at that time. Um, and I decided that I wasn't gonna uh, another thing, don't do this. If you if you run by heart rate, which I, I, I do a little bit. I decided I wasn't going to look at it in this race because it would just um, <laughs> it, 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 it would just send me under. So, so about 10K, and I was like, bloody hell, I'm feeling this. And I thought I'll glance down at my heart rate. I'm 41 years old now. So, you know, using the, the typical sort of understood metrics of how you gauge what your maximum heart rate is, you know, 220 minus age. So it's about 179, my max heart rate. But my heart rate was 188. And I got 32 more kilometers to run. And I was like, I started to think, hang on a minute, this, this isn't sustainable, is it? I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. So I slowed down a little bit to about sort of 435, 440 per kilometre. And I held that for another 16 kilometres, more or less. But my heart rate wouldn't drop below 182, 183. It was just, it was there. And even when I slowed down a little more, it was just like, and I'd had a chest infection for two weeks up to the marathon. And the night before the marathon, I couldn't sleep. I don't know if you've ever had that. Yeah. On a, like yeah. When you've got a big race and, and then you start to like, it gets to 11 and then 12 and then one. And then you're like, oh my God, please go to sleep. And once you start doing that and your palms start sweating, you've got no chance. So, yeah. 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 It was a bit, it got to about three o'clock in the morning and um, it was the night of the Tyson Fury fight. And I was like, should I just get up and watch, watch the boxing? And it was, <laughs> it was yeah, it wasn't great. Anyway, so um, I um, didn't really sleep before, very much before the race and then didn't really factor this in. So I'm sort of 26 kilometers in um, and I start to get cramp in my left leg. And I'm like, oh no, there's still 16 kilometers to oh, go. I'll try and slow down a little bit more. And then I think from the, most of the last 16, I just sort of jogged, walked, hobbled. Um, and the support was amazing. I mean, like Manchester were amazing. They really did come out and... yeah. Um, amazing but um yeah it's not a nice feeling you know and sort of berating myself the last 10 miles like why didn't i just <laughs> enjoy yeah, it like, yeah. I, I love running i've hated this <laughs> yeah right, right, right you know what's funny though like i mean i've had experiences where i've gone to bed the night before a big run and you know eating all the healthy food and got all the you know good sleep and waking up the next morning and just run like absolute crap and then there's been nights when i've like got, you know, got smoked a joint, maybe like, um, ended up like eating loads of crap food with a mate, not getting a good sleep and gone out and run like an absolute champion the next day. So yeah, yeah, right. I, I've actually learned to completely make peace with the fact if I don't get a good sleep the night before, I actually don't care because yeah, I've right. had that experience so many times. And just, I'll tell you another funny one, mate, when you talk about cramp, our, our race last year, we did, I did that ultra marathon. And it was like 63.3K. And I had my strategy all worked out. And I started out, heart rate was low. Wasn't let, my, wasn't let my heart rate go above 152 the whole way. I thought, I'll just keep it at that. And if, if I've got any gas at the time for the last 10K, I'll just put the foot down. And like, there was only like six or seven of us in the, in the ultra. But I was ahead for the first 42K. And I went around, I went around, it was like three loops of a half marathon up and back. And the whole way through my training program, mate, you know, I'd had a couple of niggles with my Achilles and I had uh, a slight knee issue for a while. You always get something when you're training for a long distance event. 
but I have not experienced cramp for like seven, eight years. And just when I turned around to do the third loop out and back, I just started getting these like lightning bolts through my legs of cramp. And they were everywhere, my calves, my quads. And then my mate, my mate Ollie, who was like doing it as well, he just sailed past me. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. But I ended up, <laughs> I ended up doing like, I went around the marathon, I think in like three hours, 37. Mate, it took me two hours and 15 to do the last, the last <laughs> half marathon. I was just crawling and hobbling and, Made it, yeah. it's quite it's quite humbling as you know you're just like really humbling really yeah. humbling like i didn't res- i didn't respect the distance the distance kicked my ass yeah yeah, yeah. totally totally yeah marathon that you know i mean you got it a bit earlier than most people but like for people who haven't trained for it, that usually between 32 and 40k is just like it's you're in the pain cave totally yeah, yeah. i mean like, I, th- I think that that is that is a great lesson that i learned there is like you know, you gotta respect the distance, and a marathon is not two half marathons. No, no, no. <laughs> I, know it's, I know it sounds like it, but it really isn't. We, we, we've got one of the guys in our group is a he's this amazing runner called Jay, and he's done heaps. And like Jay's attitude is, if you want to run a three hour marathon, you need to be able to run a one hour twenty half marathon. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he's like anybody thinks you're going to double your half marathon time is in for a bit of a, <laughs> a surprise on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rich, I just want to backtrack a bit. So um, obviously you did that race last weekend, but tell us how your run journey started, because my memory of you and exercises, I'll never forget this, is us going for a day snowboarding in Mount Buller. And you were literally like, could not move a muscle in your body for like a week after you were telling me it was the most pain you were ever in. It was like you were describing it as after being like through a week of boot camp. So I'd like to know what prompted you to get running and tell us about how your run journey started. Yeah, sure. So um, when, I, when I was a kid, I ran everywhere. Um, I mean, back then I was sort of described as hyperactive. These days, as a kid, I would have been straight away diagnosed as ADHD. Yeah. But back in the 80s, they didn't really do that so much. And I, I ran everywhere. I ran to the bus stop. I ran in school. I ran at home. Uh, if I was going somewhere, I was running or playing football or running to play football. Um, you know, far too much energy for my mum to handle, no concentration at school, couldn't really, couldn't really, you know, uh, just distracting other people. And, um, and anyway, I didn't think I needed to uh, work hard at school because I was going to be a professional football player. I mean, I was yeah, completely right. delusional. I was way too skinny. Uh, you know, I wasn't even very good at football, but I, I, was, I was sure that I was going to be one. Yeah. And um, so that was when I was a kid. But I did love running, but I didn't really associate running as a sport. It was just something that I did because I was, I had so much energy and I didn't know what to do with it. And then when I was about 13 years old, I went to the doctors uh, and the doctor uh, diagnosed me as having asthma. And I said, oh, well, that's, a, you know, that, that's not good because I'm going to be a professional footballer. And he just looked at me and went, you're never going to be a professional footballer. And I was like, oh, I was quite crushed, really. Uh, and the yeah, doctor yeah. said, you, you, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Don't worry about the asthma too much. But whatever you do, just make sure that you never smoke. So the next week, I uh, went out and started smoking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly afterwards, you know, I found alcohol and electronic music at, you know, 14, 15 years old. And then got into the party scene big time and just completely forgot about running, forgot about football. Um, and concentrated on going out and having a good time. And then my 20s arrived and my drinking got quite heavy, you know, smoking 20 a day, partying, going out on a Friday night, 
coming back on a Sunday night. Yeah. No worries, then going and doing some job on a Monday after not sleeping the entire weekend. You know, putting my body through the paces. And then my mid-20s arrived uh, and started audio jack. And all of a sudden, with Jamie, and all of a sudden, you know, I had an excuse to be up all weekend partying. You know, um, I drank every single night, no exceptions, um, through my 20s. I, I, I actually, Richard, I remember, like, the first five or six tours where you, I mean, you were like, it, it was like you were going for a six-pack every single night, every night. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, I used to think if I drank four beers in a night, that was a, a night off. If I didn't open a second, or if I was drinking wine that night, if I didn't open a second bottle, that was quite an achievement, which now just seems, you know, yeah, insane. But that's just the way I, I you know, I, I live my life back then. Um, and then, so that that was my twenties. Uh, my thirties came. I arrived in, you know, around thirty years old. Um, and I was having Sunday lunch with my girlfriend, my wife, and it was at the bottom of the hill near where we used to live. And you know, Sunday afternoon, we had Sunday lunch, probably like three or four pints on a Sunday lunch. You know, maybe a joint afterwards, something like that. And we were walking back up the hill. And I couldn't walk up the hill. Like, my breathing was so, so bad. Do you remember my chest rattling? Yeah. Like my chest used to just rattle all the time, like like as if something was rattling around in there. And I had to stop on this hill. Uh, and I just couldn't I couldn't carry on. I had to stop and have a little rest like an old man at 30. And um, I remember that night, we, you know, we went to bed and she wanted a cuddle. And I was like, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't have you that close. I need the space around me to breathe. And I was just like, this isn't right. I need to do something about this. Like, this is, and I mean, really, I probably, you know, I was probably had the fitness age of, you know, an old man, really, like at age 30. So the next day I said, um, I'm going to go for a run, Kate. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and run. And from my house in Leeds, there was a park outside the back. It's probably like 300 metres to the bottom of the park, 300 metres back. And I'm like, I'm going to run to the bottom of that park and back. And she was like, all right, I've got to watch this. So, so she, came, she came outside I put some you know I didn't have any running clothes so I just put whatever trainers I got on and I started running down this field I got about halfway down the field probably about 150-200 metres and I just had to stop and I just bent over double and then I was sick and then I just walked back up to the house like with my you know like oh god defeated I don't worry, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna run ever again uh, it's not for me I'll try swimming instead you know yeah. um, so anyway this is about the same time as we started touring with you. And I remember um, being at Bondi Beach with you. And uh, I can't remember what you said. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was something to do with, something to do with my breathing. It was, I think it was something like, hey, Rich, can I do the accent? I'm allowed to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to anyone who finds the accent offensive. But, hey, Rich, your breathing's fucked. <laughs> I was like, what? And you're like, do you think you can run down the beach? With me, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I can run down the beach." And we had a little jog down this beach and back. And you know, I, I did realise at that time that you know I, I really needed to do something about it. And um, so, you were brilliant. I mean, you were such a you were you were great in the way that you encouraged me to start running. Like you, you were just telling me about your running, and you, you know, you introduced me to Born to Run, which yeah. is a phenomenal book. Really yeah. inspired, really inspired me. Um, to, to start my own running journey. And um, yeah, um, it, was, it, was a big, it was a big inspiration. It, was, it, it planted a seed in my head. And then I remember, I think this was around 2012, 2013. And then um, the year after we moved to Ibiza 
um, me, Jamie, our current girlfriends, but now wives, and we moved into a big uh, like complex with uh, two villas on it and a pool, and, it, and we had a little basketball hoop. It was really idyllic. And, you know, uh, I've got a great life. Like me and Jamie have made our music world. Um, we've, we've got our, you know, our lovely partners and we've got a lovely place to live and our dream job and everything. And I remember being sat at a table in the house uh, one day, just with my head in my hands and just looking outside, lovely sunny day and just thinking, being like, why do I feel so miserable? Like everything, everything, like everything in my life is is exactly as I want it. Why, why do I not feel as I should? And um, that's when I realized that all the external factors will only take you so far. It's something inside me that I needed to work on. So it's a bit of an epiphany for me, really. And I knew that I had to make a change to my lifestyle there and then. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd spent so many years rebelling against the system and being like, yeah, I can get up and have a beer if I want. I can get up and have a joint if I want. No one's going to tell me what to do. But it was really me that that was harming, not, not anybody else. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was a real, real sort of time for change for me. I think the next day I went out for a run with uh, Jamie's girlfriend, um, just a nice slow jog, and it felt really good. I'd never really done jogging before. I'd only ever, like, if I was running, I was going as fast as I could. Um, and then, and then being feeling sick after like two minutes, but yeah, it felt, it felt really good. So I decided to do it again. And about the same time I started doing a little bit of yoga and meditating and, you know, trying to spend less time on my phone and just being a bit more conscious about, you know, what I was putting into myself and the, and the thoughts that I was having and trying to, um, yeah, just trying to change a few little things. Um, I'd set myself a lot of tasks, like I'd, I'd run at 11 a.m. And I would say to myself, you can't have a beer or a joint until after you've run. And then like slowly over time, I'd push that back, push it back into the day until, you know, I'd be running at 6 or 7 p.m. And I'd be, I'd be sober and then I'd get back and I'd be feeling good. And I'd have a shower and I'd be like, I feel really good. Like I feel, I feel naturally good. Like, um, it quite, quite, yeah, it was quite, it was quite a big thing for me to realize but back then, even so, like I had quite a like a maniacal sort of egoic approach to running to begin with. Like I never sort of set off and just jogged. It was like right, you know, you, you know when you're the sort of runner, your first kilometer is your fastest. Yeah. <laughs> I like I'd set off and I'd be like first kilometer, four fifteen, second five, third five thirty, fourth six, and before you know yeah. it, like, <laughs> at the end, I'm like or, coming or, back. Or, I'm like, yeah, completely. But that was just the way I, I looked at it. Like, I, I loved competing against myself. I loved trying to beat my own 5K time. Not for anyone else, just for me, to try to sort of, like, you know, um, improve myself, I guess. And in that first year of running, I quite quickly saw my 5K time come down from about 27 to about 23 minutes. And then I made the route a, bit, a little bit longer, started running through Santa Gertrudis, made it up to about 8K, and then I entered a few races in Ibiza, a 10K and a 12K. I actually thought I was going to die on the 12K. I was hallucinating so bad. Um, but it felt, it felt so good. It felt so good to be able to do it. Yeah. And then I loved running in Ibiza, although it was very hot. Um, and it, it, it started to become something that I did more regularly, although it wasn't until about 2017 when my little girl was born. And me and my wife decided to move back to the UK, to York which has got amazing countryside around it, 
loads of phenomenal places to run. There's the Solar System Way, which is like uh, like a 13 mile long track, and it's got all it's got models of all the different planets of the solar system uh, to scale. So you can like you know you see you can you no see way. them all on this track. It's like a, yeah, it's like an old. Uh, it, it was a train track. Uh, it, it, we've got a really good thing called the Orbital Loop, which is like a big cycle track that goes around the city. There's loads of countryside paths you can run on, and I just love I just love running here. Yeah, and then yeah. I joined Strava and started doing longer runs, and they became you know more of an important part of my life and exploring the city. And then I decided I wanted to try and do a half marathon. Um, and I bought faster road run, uh, faster faster road racing, five uh, k to half marathon by you know Pete Fitzinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that basically taught taught me that I didn't know anything about running at all. Like the way that I ran was uh, insane, and it was just it was the reason why I kept getting little niggling injuries and having to take three four days off from running was because I was just continually running too fast. Yeah, and um, and this completely like rev- revolutionised. Like my approach to running, really, I realized that, you know, these long, more slow cruises with a low heart rate through the countryside were actually really, really enjoyable to me. Much more control, lower effort, low heart and then, rate. And then, Rich, then, then you find out on top of that, because I've had the exact same experience, you find out on top of that that these lower heart rate, more enjoyable runs are actually better for your times. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I and mean... Then you know, um, I, I, I've, I've been through that moment as well, like four or five years ago. like. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Really, really like, uh, you know, epiphany for me, really. Like, and then my recovery time's less, so I can go again. I can go again sooner. And, you know, I started getting really into uh, daydreaming and like just listening to podcasts and, you know, um, yeah, just being in my own world. Like, my, my favorite runs really are like the depths of winter, sideways rain, smashing you in the face, no other humans in sight anywhere, you know, maybe like 6 a.m. there's just one lone person walking their dog and you yeah. and the countryside and the rain in your face. And, and I'm just like, I feel alive, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's, it's um, for my mental health and my physical health, but, you know, the, increasing those natural feel-good chemicals, just it's, it's the best, um, the best high. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. That's that's incredible, mate. That's um, yeah, it's such a great, such a great intro, and it's great when you find that moment. I think when you realise that the runs don't have to be painful, and like I think that's the part that people that actually start to enjoy running. You know, with this whole group, I've got I've got going outreach. You know, we've got we've got nearly three hundred people doing our event now, and like I try and spend as much time as I can, especially with the beginners, um, teaching them to slow down that's all i do that's my like like and they all look at me as quite as an experienced runner and i'll go out and run with them and you know a lot of them are just running for the first time and they're out of shape and they've got me who's like they see as an experienced runner running behind them going slow down slow down you're running too fast you're running too fast and by by doing that they come back after the run and they're as you said they're not flogged they're not cooked and then they they want to do it again because they enjoy it I mean, you and I both know, mate, you go out and run 2K at that breakneck speed, and then you're trying, especially if you're trying to keep up with someone else, it's like demoralizing, man. It's like you, you just yeah, want to absolutely. throw in the towel, you know? There's a, good, there's a great um, quote that I like, and it's, um, if you want to run fast, run far. If you want to run far, run slow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Great yeah. stuff. And um, I think you mentioned before, I said to you, so like, 
the first pair of runners that you got, was that the first, like, was that after you did that run with Kate? Um, what were Kate was looking at you? Yeah. I think the first pair of runners I got, I think, I think it was Asics. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, they're quite a good running shoe. But it, it, it was, it was, um, I think you went to the, went to the, you know, a cheap running place and just got the sort of the cheapest reasonable pair of running shoes. Yeah, yeah. That I, uh, you know, I didn't really have any um, idea about what running shoes were back then. These have, days, have, I'm, have you have you had a shoe fit done now? Have you got a, you know, have you done the, yeah, 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 up, up and running. I've had, I've had my, I've, had, um, I've got, I, I overprone it, um, so I wear, um, I wear a range, but most mostly slightly supportive. Uh, I, I'm, I'm the same, Rich. I, I try and, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're aware as well. The best thing you can do is run in different shoes, but from the same type yeah. of, you know, like I, I know that I'm a neutral. So I've got like a pair of Asics, a pair of New Balance, a pair of Mizuno. And, and I just, I, I literally mean, I just grab whatever's in the cupboard that, that I didn't run on the day before. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good thing to rotate a little bit. I, I, I yeah. tend to, um, I tend to switch between Brooks and Sarconi. Yeah. Uh, the, I've got the Sarconi Endurance for like longer races, but the Brooks Adrenaline for me, like they're like wearing gloves on my hat, like gloves for my feet. Like just for my feet, they, they're like the perfect shoe. So yeah. I have a pair of Brooks Adrenaline for running and then I have a pair that I just wear for day to day. And actually they're, a pair, they're, they're like black trainers. So I just wear them on gigs and then I can just switch and go running in them. So that's a pack a pair of running trainers as well. Amazing. Do you monitor how many kilometers you put into a pair of trainers? No, this is something I'm really bad at. Like, I, <clears throat> I don't, I don't believe really, like, it's weird. Like, I don't want to believe the marketing of them. I don't want to have spent like yeah. 120 pounds on a pair of trains and then they go, yeah, these are great. They're going to last you 300 miles. And I'm like, well, that's two months. Like, yeah. I can't buy a new pair of trains every two months. And one thing that's, that I do that's quite bad is I tend to run in them until like, I'm, I feel my feet hurting, and then I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I need to change these now. Like yeah. when, you know, when they become, when there's no sort of like support there anymore, I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I can feel I, it. I, I do the exact same thing, man. I mean, I, like I know there was a stage there for a couple of months there. I was doing 500k every 28 days, and like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I, and I, I know for a fact, uh, you know, I did that for maybe three months, but I probably did it in two pair of trainers. So I was like, the whole, the thing is, you're supposed to get 500k out of a pair, but I was doing probably 750, 800. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. I, I, have you tried any of these like super trainers, mate? Like the, you know, any of these ones with the big cushiony soles that a lot of people are actually running marathons and stuff in now? The reason I ask, yeah, is, the, the reason I ask is <clears throat> there's a friend of mine, Callum, who um, I was looking at his Strava times and he, he was running like he's, you know, not a bad runner. He's just kind of getting into it. A lot of his times were like 5.30, 5.40 per kilometer. Out of the blue, he posts this run one day and it's like, 10k at 426 pace i was like <laughs> mate what where did that come out of and he was like i swear to god mike i bought a pair of these new i think it was like vapor flies or something like vapor flies and he was like from yeah. the minute i put them on i was like i'm gonna be running at least half a minute per kilometer quicker he said it was like trampolines under his feet have you tried it right, yeah. yeah i've got this uh is it sarconi sarconi endurance yeah, yeah. um I'm not keen on Nikes. Um, they're too thin for my feet. I've got quite wide feet. And yeah. Nikes tend to be quite a thin shoe. So um, I haven't actually tried those ones. But um, the Sarconi Endurance, they, they are good. They are good. Um, the one with the, what is it, the carbon plate in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, 
I, I think they do make a slight difference to my runs, but I have noticed for my feet, um, I get a little bit of pain with them uh, after after a longer run. Whereas when I'm wearing Brooks, I don't. Like, yeah. Right. By the way, if anyone from, if anyone from Brooks is listening to this and you want to send me free <laughs> stuff, my Brooks trainers they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like on your feet. Free plug. Um, you, you mentioned something there, Rich, and I think I think this is something that um that everybody when they get into their run journey discovers. Um, how does running contribute to your well being? Um, well, as a child with sort of, you know, too much energy for people to handle, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, when it's untreated, it can manifest in different ways when you get to be an adult. And, you know, after many years of trying to sort of combat that with drink and, you know, yeah, recreational party stuff, yeah. Um, these short term plasters in the long term create bigger problems and for me i often describe running as the best type of self-harm i have available like that sounds like quite a negative way to describe about running but it can it can be a little bit self-harming when you're running far and you get back and you ache um but the endorphins and the feel-good chemicals that running creates really really contribute to like helping me to feel much more balanced and positive and content and in the moment while I'm doing it and afterwards and for many hours afterwards, like nothing else does. Like sometimes these days I even like consider the running to be more like my yoga warm up. If you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, like it's, it, it, I've got like a sequence of things that I'll do. Uh, and if I, if I have a day where I have these things, like it'll be get up. Um, I don't tend to stretch much before I run because it starts so slow. So I'll, I, I, I ease my way into it that way, but then I'll get back. I'll do some yoga and a meditation. I'll have a bath, you know, a hot bath if it's winter, a cold bath if it's summer, uh, and then eat loads of food. And I love eating food, and you know, all these things I love. And to do these things in this order, like there's very, there's very, there is, there is very little things that can happen to me afterwards that will get me down or that will get in my way. It's like nothing's a problem for the rest of the day, you know. Like I can just yeah, yeah. In my stuff. So it's a massive, it's a massive thing to me. What about you? Um, I mean, uh, very, very similar, Rich. Like, you know, <clears throat> it's so weird because when I grew up, I mean, you are obviously someone like that was a runner when you were younger from the way you described running after a ring. I mean, I wasn't, I, I was like, I was like the, the slowest kid at every running race in school. I was kind of like overweight kid. I was like, running was not something that ever came natural to me and but I've just um I started running when I was like maybe 17 or 18 for a little bit and kind of went in and out of it did a bit did a little bit at uni but um, again like party lifestyle at uni um and didn't really do it seriously until I kind of came over here and then I'd spent four or five years when I first got here doing a lot of gym work and I was quite a I was quite big and bit of a beefcake and and then I just um I started running just to try and like like look you know lose some weight and I, I just i just i think it came into my life at the right time and i just mm. really enjoyed it and then me and a few mates we signed up and did um we did a tough mother a couple of those tough mother events you know where you're like doing obstacles do that, yeah. yeah so so we, we trained running for that and we had great fun and then um and then i just yeah i i done I, I came out of a relationship and i was a bit like i probably damaged from it and i was i was literally as soon as I, as soon as we broke up me and my ex-girlfriend i 
I was going out to go on a bender and just something in my head just went, don't do this, go and buy a bike and sign up and do an Ironman. And I, I just like literally, Rich, I hadn't had my arse in the seat of a bike for 20 years. And I walked into a bike shop and dropped 1500 bucks on a bike. I came home that evening and signed up for an Ironman later that year. And that was probably the real start of my run journey. That was like, you know, seven years ago or whatever. And then, yeah, just did loads of running from the, um, from the, from the Ironman training. And then after the Ironman training, um, my mate, Ollie, I think you, you know, Ollie, like Ollie, um, he had done an Ironman the following year while we both did these Ironman, we raised money for the Fred Hollis foundation. And then we said, it'd be great to do something together. So we found that there was a 60 K run, um, the following year that was specifically for the foundation we support but you needed a team of four and you had to have at least the, the teams had to be made up of male and female so we got like another mate of ours and another female friend of ours and we entered and we kind of documented our story on social media and raised more money for the foundation and then and then the next year after that a few other mates said like we'd love to join you so the next year we had two teams of four and then coincidentally the event that we were doing they introduced a 30k leg. So it became quite a, a bit more accessible for other people. 60k is quite a quite a long stretch. And I put it out in my social media and just said, look, guys, you know, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this event again. There's a 30k leg. We're gonna be training. I'm happy to take people for training if you want to join us. Um, and like we, we ended up with five teams doing the 30k and I think two teams doing the 60k. So there was like 28 of us. And then because we had a few DJs who were all, you know, some of them had big social media profiles and they were, lots of people were following this journey, this group from Melbourne doing this training for this event. The year after that, um, we, we, um, I put it out in my social media saying, I'm going to do it again. Anyone want to join us expecting if we got another 10, that'd be good. And I woke up the next morning and 120 messages in the inbox going, I want, I want to, I want to do it. So that was at the start of last year. And then, so I start, we started training in January for the event that was supposed to be in May. Then COVID kicked in. The event could move to August. And I told all, we had 120 at that stage. I had said to them, guys, if you want to be part of our team, you have to commit to one thing. And that was everybody has to raise a thousand bucks for the foundation. Um, yeah. So I was like, literally at 120 people and guys from Sydney and everything signed up this big group from Sydney who were all going to come down and do it. And um, they, the, the event they ended up getting canceled. And I was sitting going like, man, I'm sitting in like 120 people all prepared to raise all this money. We've been, I've been training for six months now at this stage. So uh, I happened to bump into one of my old triathlon buddies. And I was taught like literally the week the event got canceled. I was like, what the fuck do I do? And he, um, he said to me, Mike, I'm working for the council. And it turned out to be the council where I lived in the area. And he said, mate, I think this is a great initiative you've got going. I'm going to try and help you get a permit to run your own event. And I was like, run marathon event and he's like mate you run music events it's not that different so that, that that was that was basically how our quickest thieves marathon was born last year and then then this year you know we, we raised like 262 grand last year for the foundation and then this year um we got you know obviously as you know like coxie came down in the day and he's like give a give it a lot of profile and a lot of media coverage and stuff and then this year set out again and this year we have like nearly 300 and the goal is to raise 500 grand so I mean, Amazing. running has become something for me now that is like, it's such a huge part of my life and it gives me a huge sense of purpose. And what it does for me mentally is I love being around people that I can see having a positive change in their lives because 
you know, when they start running, they naturally start eating healthier. They get out with someone like me and they start running and then we have a conversation about meditating. And then next thing, you know, they'll try meditating. People are, you know, friendships are made. On, on these, some of these runs, mate, like I had these two guys out a, a couple of weeks ago that never knew each other, but they were old club club heads from back in the day. And they, they we started running around our, the lake. We run around and one of them was like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm, I'm important. He's, um, his wife had this, um, uh, she started making these blankets for babies that has got silk on the back of them to stop the baby's hair falling out. Another guy is making these bibs for pizzas. So you you take up the pizza box and, and, and like you tear about off and it becomes a bib with like it's got they've got like um, uh, costumes and stuff on them. Before we finished about halfway around the run, the two boys are sharing a container from China, sharing the expenses <laughs> to get the two different products back over to. Uh, like so so and you know there i mean i i i signed a young kid who was a runner his name's rory and within 24 hours of me signing him and sending his music to this guy chris who's carl cox's studio engineer carl phoned the kid going i want this music for my label so all this amazing stuff happens around running for me in my life you know and it's it's just there's there's no downside mate you know there's like it just it get it, it, it gives me purpose it like it, it's really helped through covid it's kept our whole music community in melbourne connected so i can't put a value on it and i, I do look back and sometimes and go how did i go from being like not a runner to this to be in this situation <laughs> where, where this running thing has got such a dominates my life you know it's Really has me scratching my head sometimes, but it's something that I'll, I do feel I'll be a runner to the day I drop dead. You know, like I'll be, like I love it. I love everything it brings. I love the way it brings the community together and the benefits and stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it does a huge amount for, for my well being and my life, you know. Right. Hey, and tell, tell me this do you think what on, on the flip side of that, does running present any challenges for you? Um, I don't necessarily see running as being a challenge so much as like life life is the challenge for me running is like one of the solutions to the challenge yeah, of yeah. life you know what i mean um sometimes you know if, if i enter a race and my ego starts to get the better of me and i start thinking about times um that can present a challenge in the race and it can present a challenge afterwards um you know when um if i get injured because i've tried to run too fast but then I just remind myself that, you know, times, the times don't matter to me. <laughs> it's all yeah. like what matters is getting out there and feeling good. And if I, if I could choose between racing and training, I'd choose training every time. I'd never do it yeah. race again yeah. at all. I, I guess know, so that, that, that leads on to my next question. Do you have wrong goals then? Do you have, I mean, obviously, I think when you get to a certain level, you kind of go, okay, I feel I want to do a half marathon. And then you go, I've yeah. done a half marathon. I want to do a marathon. It's, at some yeah. point you do five marathons, you go, all right, I want to do an ultra. You know, like yeah, 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 right. Well, this is this this is it. So um, when I, when I first started running back in 2013, um, I thought I daydreamed and thought, you know, wouldn't it be amazing one day to be able to run a 5k in less than 20 minutes? And like, imagine being able to do a 10k in less than 40 minutes, two 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 20 minute 5ks back to back. And then I was like, you know, like complete pipe dream. Like, imagine one day being able to run a half marathon in less than 90 minutes. And like, since then, I've achieved all all those things. And like, whilst it feels good 
um, to reach a level of fitness that you know once seemed impossible. These things are essentially ego trips, and any ego trip, the joy of it is short-lived. It's never going to be as good as you think because as soon as you do it, as soon as honestly, as soon as I went sub twenty in the five k, I was like, I wonder how long, I wonder how long it'll take me to go sub nineteen. <laughs> it's just like you just like yeah. just enjoy the moment, man. You know, before yeah. your ego latches onto the next challenge. You know, the next dangled, the next yeah. dangled carrot. So it's yes, I have I, I have had some run goals and I've I've achieved them all, all the ones that I set out to achieve. But the reason that I'm injured at the moment, I've got some um, mild. It's called posterior tibia tendonitis. Um, that's self-diagnosed, so maybe it isn't, but I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is in my left ankle. And it's um, and it's because I let my ambition to run a fast marathon supersede my training and my actual ability. And I forgot that I don't really care about the times. I just love running. I could have enjoyed that Manchester marathon so much more. I can run that distance. I could have probably run that distance faster if I'd just set off like a tortoise rather than a hare. Yeah. 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 Um, I've, got, I've got this thing, Rich, where I always say to the kids, because a lot of the young guys are training with us, the guys and girls are DJs. And I'm always like, I use the analogy of like, when, and you, when, you, when you're a young DJ and you go and play the first gig, the first thing you do is you go and turn the mixer, everything up in the red, just belt it. And then like half an hour in the sound system starts crackling. You go, what the <laughs> And then in the rest of your gig, shit. I was like, that is what happens when you start running. You come out of the blocks like a, like a, like a hare. And then all of a sudden you're cooked and you're like, I, I remember Rich, one of, the, one of the first 5K races I ever did when I was like 17 years old, heading out and tried to keep up with the lead group and I made it like 500 meters with them and then I was absolutely flogged and there was a hill about three or 4k around and I swear to god one of my mate's grandmothers passed me on the hill <laughs> <laughs> like and my mates are all sitting there. like I think I did the first k and like you know 420 or something and then I was literally like on nine and a half minute k's towards the end you know just yeah <laughs> but um yeah yeah um, how many kilometers a week would you say you're doing at the moment? I, I'd usually do between about 30 and 60. Yeah that's, yeah. that's been pretty consistent for the last two or three years. Yeah. Uh, and interest, you know, like, um, it has increased slowly over the years. Last month, last month I passed, I passed 10,000 kilometers of running since I started in 2013. Amazing. But like almost 8,000 of them have been done in the last four years. So yeah, I've been pretty consistent for the last, last few years, but, um, yeah, yeah. I'd like. Yeah. I'd probably like to up it a little bit. I think, but you probably I mean, what, sorry. I'd like to up it a little bit. I'd like to yeah. do a little more. But, I, I, think, I think. I think, Rich. You know, there's a great YouTube channel I, fo I follow that I must send on to you. Um, and and the guy talks about like all the good runners, like the Kenyans. I mean, some of these guys are doing two, three hundred k a week. You know, like, but it's like ninety five percent of it is just super cruisy you know easy pace yeah yeah totally and it's i mean there's obviously a line in the sand because we've got jobs and everything else you know but like yeah. I, I i've noticed myself i mean for me when, when i was doing my ironman training i was in this like one long run a week and then you know uh uh a tempo run and a uh interval session and then another session of some description and when i look back now that that didn't make me any quicker 
what what made me quicker was the longer slower stuff and doing a little bit more of it and you know rich a lot lot of what you said there just going out and enjoying running and not kind of i i, I do i do run to heart rate i don't run to time but I'll, I, will, I will i will always like if my heart rate goes too high i'll pull back but i never look and go i'm doing 450 i need to slow down or i'm doing 430 yeah. and you know whatever I, I, i'll run to heart rate you know yeah, just to drop back to your last question, I do have a running goal, and that's just to be able to run regularly for the rest of my life without getting injured. That, that, that's that's, that's an amazing goal, goal that's, mate. That's the dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you how do you how do you normally go with injuries, and do you, do you do a lot of cross training, mate? Do you do other stuff outside of running to help your running? Um, I, I I don't do as much as I should. Uh, I um, I do yoga. Uh, I do a little bit of calisthenics. Although um, that's something I'd really like to get a lot more into. But, um, you know, whilst, whilst my legs now are quite, uh, I guess, you know, impressive, certainly compared to what they were when I was a teenager, I've got the upper body of the Milky Bar kid. So, like, you know, as soon as, as, soon as I start trying to, you know, get, get down and do press-ups, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly humbled when I'm, yeah, like, yeah. trying to push back up on my fourth press-up going, why? Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, calisthenics is something that I, I'd love to do more of. Uh, yeah. I'd love to do more swimming. Cycling, I've been meaning to buy a bicycle for like three years and I, I, I just never buy one. And um, I'd love to do more cycling as well. So, no, I don't really do much cross training at the moment, but I, yeah. I definitely would like to. And, and with this slight injury that I've got at the moment, I think I'm going to start doing a little bit more swimming as well. I hear a triathlon brewing up there, mate. You're talking swimming, <laughs> you're talking biking. You, you'll, you'll have the uh, Ironman cap on soon, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Have you ever done a session that left you sore as the time we went snowboarding that year? I've never ever been as sore as when I went snowboarding with you. <laughs> I've never oh been snowboarding since. <laughs> I, I remember for about two years after that, every time I've mentioned touring in Australia, you you go boot camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you um, you are you are a you are a pusher, <laughs> but I'm glad of it. I've been glad of it all. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you think you've evolved as an athlete as you've got older? Um, I still laugh at the thought of me being an athlete, but yeah, I suppose I am an athlete now. Um, I'm, I'm much less egoic and, and goal-focused. Uh, I'm much more about enjoying the journey of the run and feeling, feeling like an animal. Like, we are animals. We might be wearing clothes and going about our jobs and thinking that we've got you know these important situations but we are just animals yeah <laughs> and yeah. we forget that we're animals and animals move and they roam and i love being out in the countryside with nothing around me just running free feeling like an animal like yeah um you know like contra contrary to what the myth says you know running's actually fixed my knees i had bad knees before i had clicky clicky knobbly knees and now i've got these solid blocks that yeah. like you know, like and that's from slow running um physically being more toned is a is a bonus yeah um, being able to breathe uh, and having um like fitness is a big bonus but yeah i, I mean it's um it's um, essentially what did you ask how have i evolved as an athlete yeah, yeah. i mean um i've gone from being um I've gone from being someone who had a focus uh, and with the focus was on achieving things and times and things like that to being someone who 
just likes to be out there. Yeah, that's great. It sounds as well, like, Rich, like, you know, I mean, we've both had those moments of like, you know, when you talk about from an evolution point of view of going, actually, not every run has to be belting it. In fact, most runs have to be the opposite. There's a very small time and a place for speed work, but yeah, you know, yeah. doing the, doing the longer, slower stuff with the low heart rate is, has been something that's changed my life and made me enjoy running a lot more as well. Totally, I find as well like when um, the shot. If you are doing a race, the shorter the race, the longer the warm up. Like oh. if I'm doing like if I'm doing a park run, I, I love doing park run. I do quite a lot of park runs in uh, in in York uh, and and you know around. But if I'm if I'm doing the, the one that's near me, it's 5K around the track and it's 6K to jog there and then 6K back. So normally rather than driving there and doing the run, I'll do I'll, I'll jog there as my warm-up, jog back as my cool-down and then yeah, the 5K yeah. around the 5K. Because if I, if I set off to do a 5K run at pace without a warm-up, like my glutes and my hamstrings will let me know about it for the rest of the week, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> not, not even that, Reggie. I find if I don't, like... You know, because I'm doing a, a quite a bit of longer stuff at the minute. But if I, I, I try, yeah, and, you're loads, man. I, I try and do like a, you know, a twenty. I try and do a twenty-one k. You know, just pace myself, not, not not going flat out, but like just to see where I'm sitting. Like maybe once every three or four weeks to monitor my improvement. But before I take off and start the twenty-one k, I'll always do three or four k because if if I if I try and go too hard out of the blocks when I've got the watch on. I am dead for the for the most of the run, you know. Like I, I like I, I need a long time to warm up. And there's been so many of my long runs, like recently, that I've gone out and you know I was doing a lot of thirty and thirty sixes, and I even did one forty two there a few weeks ago up in the trails where, where we train. And there's been three or four times where in the first five k, I was I've been thinking in my head, I'm actually not going to make it ten k today. But once I get over six or seven k, I just kind of like my body loosens out and. You know, I, I just feel freer, and then I'm, I'm, I'm normally my last 10k is always my best 10k. Yeah, right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That shows that you're running at the right speed. You, you yeah, you know, you're running, you're running slowly enough to run well. You know, totally. I, Rich, what um, what advice would you give to any younger runner starting out in their journey? Run slower. Yeah. However fast you, you're running already, run even slower than that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to, like I said before, you know, to, to run fast, you have to run far, and to run far, you have to run slow. And yeah. You, you, with that endurance, you can build up your base, and when you've got the base, you can do anything you like. Like I, I love running five k's, I love running ten k's, I love running half marathons. They're my three distances. They're quite different races. Um, they're quite different the way that you know you might approach them. But because I've got the base on my legs from um, like longer, slower runs. Um, I feel like I've, I've they've got the base, they've got the base to enjoy, you know, all those distances. Try not yeah. to let your ego get in the way of enjoying the actual running because it doesn't really matter. You know, you, you, your times don't really matter. But, you know, enjoy enjoying the moment, enjoying what you're doing is is, is always the important. Absolutely. What what one of the things that sorry, sorry was that? Yeah, just you know, some great books. I mean, like the Jack Daniels ones are good, but any any of the fits books like. Uh, faster road racing is really good. Advanced marathoning by Fitz yeah. is also really great if you're doing a marathon. But my least two favorite. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that one. Yeah, Daniel's running formula. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. 
My, my, my least favourite two runs from over a thousand runs that I've done have been both marathons. And that's because, apart from the fact that it's a very long way, both times I let my dreaming ego get ahead of my desire just to run a marathon. Yeah. You know, my, 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 my favourite runs have always been the, 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 the running on my own in the countryside, daydreaming, you know. Yeah. Find, find what distance and effort makes you happy and enjoy it, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Lifelong running. If, if you're running for increased health uh, over longevity, you know, lifelong running, it, I mean, it's an analogy in itself, isn't it? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the, the changes are gradual. You know, increasing the effort should be gradual. Treat your body with respect and it will look after you. Yeah, amazing, man. Amazing. Would you ever consider um, tying in a, a run at like a gig? You know what ADE, like they always do like the marathon on the Sunday of ADE. Would you ever think about doing anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I maybe I maybe would do. Um, it's, it's, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, I would. I would do that. Um, the DJ lifestyle often comes with quite unhealthy things and constant temptation. I'm trying to think how you would go from the gig to doing the marathon at, or like a half marathon afterwards if you had to commit to both those things. Like um, before COVID, before COVID um, cancelled the Berlin Marathon, I was scheduled to do the Berlin Marathon in 2020, I think. And I, I planned in my head, I was like, maybe we could get a gig the night before. Maybe I could play like five to eight in the morning and then do three hours I'll, I'll, I'll get a three and a half hour set and then try and jog to the start line and then do, do my three in a faster time. I mean, this is this is idiots thinking, but like, you know. I, I, I'm, right. I'm glad you said it. Phil Kieran did that. He played a gig on the Saturday night of ADE weekend and he got home at like half two in the morning and he did the Amsterdam Marathon on the. No on the way. Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Good man. Yeah, Good yeah. Man. Do you feel rich? Um, you know, I've had the likes of, you know, the whole basis around my podcast is to talk about health and well-being among the electronic music community and obviously interviewing a lot of the bigger DJs. The amount of DJs now that are making positive health changes is crazy. And I mean, for example, Patrick Toppings turned out to be a great runner. He's And he messaged me the other night um, saying, like, I really want to run a marathon soon. Sven Vat's running. Um, I mean, Matt from Gargan City's running a bit. You know, like, there's heaps... Right. Are you noticing there's generally a, a movement towards better health among DJs coming out of COVID? Yeah, I mean, like you just said, I think there's certainly, um, we, the, you know, the majority of DJs are, are getting older now, like, yeah. you know, uh, into their 40s and 50s and even 60s in some cases. And, you know, are realizing that, you know, our own mortality and, um, you know, we, we do have some control over this. The last two years has been a great opportunity, hasn't it, for everybody if they've taken if they've if they've chosen to take it to break some habits. You know, when when you've had a fresh slate, you've been able to, um, you know, you haven't had to go away and do gigs. You know, for me personally, I've I've used it as an opportunity to try and break some of my own destructive cycles of behaviour. I've had some success. I've had some failures. You know, habits are difficult to break. I think society in general is becoming more extreme really there's some people out there who have been who are really fit and healthy at the same time J during lockdown it's, it's been quite difficult for some people to take advantage of that and make a change and they've actually gone the other way and you know uh, ended up you know having junk food and not going out walking and um, yeah. just stay on the sofa and then and then it's 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 not helps them but 
I don't know, man. I mean, like, I can't really speak for other DJs too much. I don't really uh, have that many um, DJ friends these days. Um, but 10 years ago, if you told me that I would be, like, I mean, yeah, I would have laughed. I would have been impossible. I'd have, I'd have laughed and I would have probably cried as well. Because, Chris, 10, like, years, 10 years ago, if you had told me you were running marathons, I would have definitely laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago, you were trying to get me to run like 50 meters down the beach. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why would I do that? Like, I remember, I remember, um, you know, um, Jamie's actually been running longer than I have. Jamie, Jamie doesn't run um, the other guy in Audio Jack. Yeah. Listening. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't run often, but around 2008 or nine, he told me he was training for a half marathon with his uh, now wife and one of our best friend, friends. And after I finished laughing, I was just like, "Why?" And he was like, "Well, you know, like to, to raise to raise some money and to see if I can do it." And I was like, "But why?" Like, "All right, that's great. You know, you're raising the money, but, but why, why would you put yourself through that for no reason? Like, what are you running for?" And it just that's you know, less than 15 years ago, like I just it just seems so ridiculous to me that someone would would do that. It's it's um. People change, you know. <laughs> yeah, great, right? Great. I've I've really enjoyed this, man. So I am going to start wrapping things up. But one of the things I always do before it finishes, I've got this little segment called "Secrets from the Other Half." So I just want to run a couple of scenarios by you. I heard about a time that Jamie and yourself and one of your mates had moved in together in an apartment in Ibiza, and you've been out there for about two weeks, and uh. The girl Jamie was seeing and yourself returned home one evening to find that all of their stuff was in a pile outside the room because you and a mate had been chucking things off the balcony and had managed to hit the hotel owner's 80-year-old father on the head with a baguette in the restaurant three floors below. Can you confirm if this is true? Uh, this was a very long time ago now. This was uh, approaching <laughs> 20 years ago. It was, it was actually the first time me and Jamie had met. I don't even know why, he was, why he's still friends with me now. I don't know why... He's, he's still friends with me after that summer in 2002. Jamie was like, you know, a nice, sensible lad, went out to Ibiza for the summer, you know, got a job and was working hard and stuff like that. And I was just an idiot with, 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 with an idiot friend or two and who had arrived at this apartment and we asked them, to, we, we all moved in together. There was four of us moving in together. And yeah, they, uh, yeah, it's true. It's all true. They, they, <laughs> they, they, it, it was, it was a, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's all true. <laughs> one, one last one. Um, so apparently Eric Pritz was supposed to play in Leeds one time, but due to his fear of flying, he bottled it, didn't get on the plane. <laughs> when did you find out about these things? <laughs> the promoter sent a message around asking if any international DJs were home that weekend, so he asked you guys to fill in. Rather than announcing the cancellation, the promoter put a small A4 sheet with small text on a wall where no one could see it, and then proceeded to tell everyone that Rich was Eric Pritz. And he was playing back to back with his boyfriend because he, he was really nervous and needed the moral support. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, and loads of people believed I was Eric Prince. And, the <laughs> and, and at the same time, I've got a similar story about Jamie. Again, back in 2002, when we were out in Ibiza for the summer, which is where the story of the uh, um, firing water off balcony off the balcony story. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, we want we wanted to go to Eden one night, and we didn't have any guest passes to go in. Um, this is like 20 years ago, so we were like, let's just pretend Jamie's DJ Fergie because he looked a little bit like him back then. So we just went to the door, and Jamie did like the Irish accent and stuff. And we were like, Fergie's Fergie, and they're like, okay, come in, come in, come in. 
<laughs> brilliant man brilliant. you know i've actually been talking to fergie a bit like and i think he's i think he's, I'm, I'm gonna bring down bring him down to australia and he's actually been running a bit as well mate has he yeah 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 totally another one another one's part of the cult it's good it's good i i, I recommend it to everybody if you haven't yeah. been running yet great finally last question rich what is rich doing to raise the vibration in 2021 uh yeah right what am i doing um Okay, so I mean, like, I'll start. I'll start. I'll, I'll start with a, a negative, and I'll try to spin it back around. You know, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on in the world that you know get me down, and I'm sure they do with you and a lot of people. You know, COVID, Brexit, the climate, governments, corporations, and it 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 bothers me, and I try to not let it bother me, and focus on my little world. So I've got my daughter and my wife, and I try to cook for everybody, and I try to um, look out for my friends, and I've been. I've been doing a little bit of volunteering with a young lad who's got ADHD during lockdown, like, you know, I can relate to and just taking him out to play some sports and things like that. And just trying to raise the vibration around me, because I think there are so many things to fix out there and we can't always fix everything. But if everybody can just do a little bit around them to make their own little world around them. A little bit of a, a a better place, then you know, together we can um, make it a better. Amazing, I love that, Rich. Brian, bro. Mike, before we finish, I've just got to say, like, I know you'll hate this, but you know, you've been such a such an inspiration to me. You know, in in so many ways, like with running. Um, when we, wherever we come to Australia, we have such a good time with you, and I watch you. And you, you told the story earlier about you know, like, I can't believe it. I've just fallen into this. Uh, thing and now I'm running a running race. This stuff follows you around. You are a really special person, and you just know, emanate, you just emanate positivity, and people just want to do things with you because you're just an amazing dude. And yeah, I love you, man. Sorry. Uh, thanks, Rich. I love you too, man. I said, no, no, I mean, Rich. Look, you know, it's obviously you guys. The the very first year that I was touring, you guys. Were, I think maybe you might have been like third cab off the rank. It was like. You know, like I did not have a clue what I was doing and probably sent you to the wrong hotels a couple of times. But like, you know, we've, we've got an incredible friendship, me and you and Jamie and, and and you with all our Thick Steve's crew. And, you know, here we are 13 years later working on a tour and you guys are releasing on our label. Now we're running bodies as well. You know, like it's the one thing we have yeah, to do is we have to get a running together next time you're down. But now, nah, Richard, I, I, I would love like, to do Quickest Thieves next year. Next year. Definitely, mate, definitely, definitely. And, and Rich, you know, like, you know, I mean, seeing the change in you and the turnaround runnings made in your lifestyle you know that, that's the kind of stuff that I, I i live for i love being around that energy so man you know it's it's amazing to see and thanks so much for giving up your time this evening bro like i know for a fact rich this podcast is going to catch fire because all our runners are going to want to tune into it because they, they've all been there where you were which was the party going you know being at the after parties and not looking after their health and they're all now on this journey and it's amazing to see how far I can take you. So thanks so much, Absolutely. bro. I really, really appreciate your time tonight. And um, yeah, like I'll uh, hopefully, hopefully see you guys January, February, I reckon, you know, for, for a tour um, of things. Yeah. Th- things in the last week, things have got very positive in Australia. We're just waiting for this roadmap now as to what's happening with events. We should get that this week. And um, yeah, fingers crossed, we'll be, it'll be game on. It, it, look, it looks like they're dropping the quarantine to at least seven days at home, which means you're in an Airbnb and, you know, it's, it's nowhere near as um, restrictive as being in a hotel. And, 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 and there's talk, like I reckon from maybe 
mid-January onwards, it'll be if you're double vaxxed, you, there's no quarantine, you know? Amazing. Yeah, just yeah. one thing to say to any runners that are out there who are thinking about, or any prospective runners who are thinking about, and you're thinking about you're too old or you're too unfit or you're too out of shape or anything like that. Like at 30, at 30 years old, I couldn't even walk up a hill. I, if I had to guess, I would say my fitness age was somewhere around 55, 60 at 30. And now I'm 41 and my fitness age is somewhere in my 20s. Yeah. And, any, and, and, and there's nothing special about me whatsoever. I just put the effort in. And yeah. just went out there and did it. And if you want to do it, you can do it. And I wish amazing. you all. Amazing, Rich. What a way to finish off. Bro, thank you so much for tonight. I really appreciate it. And uh, you, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Take care, buddy.